Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Leek. Today I have a special guest from Big Brother 17 UK and MTV The Challenge. Huey, my brother, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, no problem. So let's get into this questions but before we get to the questions i want to thank you for coming on and being brave to talk mental health especially being a man you know talking about mental health no problem um, at all um it's important to you know speak up about your feelings and you know you can help people when you do this yeah so my first question like i said i asked everybody this question and i'm going to ask you how is your mental health today like my mental health is good in the sense that I've got experience with going up and down with my mental health and anxiety and feeling this way a lot of my life. Um, at 21, I went on Big Brother UK. I'm 28 now. And it was when I was in that house, I was able to put a word anxiety to how I felt with other people talking to me. And also when you go on these reality shows, you have psych tests and you have therapy and all of these things to determine whether you're strong enough to do the show. Yeah. So for that reason, um, I had a lot of conversations around anxiety and con and mental health and that sort of like content and situation. So I was able to put the word anxiety to how I felt. So I've always kind of been up and down with how I felt. And, you know, I've got a lot of the time I would have imposter syndrome. I would have anxiety. I'd get socially anxious all of these different feelings where there's like a devil on my shoulder kind of telling me bad but I have learned to work through them so I would say I've got mixed opinions on how my mental health would be now like I know that I need to get up I need to go for a walk I need to get out there and do productive things when I'm feeling down but I also know as well that not to be toxic positive if i just want to lay down one day and just eat some treats and watch tv for the day and just feel like shit that's okay as well but remember to get back up tomorrow hey i like that i love i love to ask that question it's one of my favorite questions to ask because i feel like when we ask people how are you doing anybody could just say hey i'm okay but we ask somebody how's your mental health it opens like the door for like a deeper conversation so you know thank you for answering that question for me no problem at all no problem. Uh, my, my next question for you growing up right especially you know when you were born it uh was it okay not to be okay for you um yeah i mean it wasn't a norm to speak about your feelings at all at all um i feel like with my parents, not because they were meaning it in a bad way, but it just kind of wasn't the norm to kind of speak about your feelings too much. They weren't really emotionally mature themselves. They weren't really raised up that way. So therefore, it didn't, it wasn't as big to them about mental health or speaking your feelings as it probably would be today with society. And I think that's kind of 
how things would have been, you know, 20 years ago in Ireland, Ireland especially. Um, yeah. I, I, one of the things that I actually think I didn't really get was emotional support growing up. And yeah. that definitely affected me for sure. Yes. Um, my next question, um, in Ireland, how is mental health, is mental health taken seriously in Ireland? I think so. I think today in Ireland, America, England, around the world, there is a lot more conversations about mental health and more respect for it than you know ever before. And a lot more conversations about it, obviously. Um, and I do think medical research and stuff has grown a lot to you know, understand and be better at diagnosing and all of those things. It's, it's a wide umbrella, that subject. Um, but in Ireland, I do think it's taken seriously, definitely. Like I see a lot of stuff even on social media and yeah. you know, guys are sharing content like, you know, guys speak up and, you know, speak to your friends, all of that. And people are recognizing, you know, a lot of people stereotypically don't speak up in some situations. Yeah, that is so true, that's so true. Um, my next question for you is, um, there's a stigma, right, surrounding mental health, right? But there's also a stigma surrounding men's mental health, right? What do you say to that stigma that says, you know, men can't cry, we can't be weak, we can't have emotions, we have to man up? What do you say to that stigma? Well, that is so stupid because we have tear ducts, so we can cry. <laughs> um, everybody has feelings and emotions, so we shouldn't be suppressing them feelings at all now i'm not saying that we need to sit down and every time we feel down that means that we have depression and have depressed are depressed and gaslight ourselves into feeling like we're hugely struggling with our mental health either you know you do have to be strong and understand you have a bad day it's not a bad life you can be depressed and not have depression all of these things you know um to people that say you know men need to be just a stronger person all the time that's so wrong that is so wrong yeah. you know where I grew up in my hometown and my community and I grew up in an Irish traveler gypsy uh, background and it's seven to eight times more likely to die of suicide for my yeah. community than the national average so I understand the struggles of how mental health can impact on people and also the difficulties of culture and tradition and how that can be placed onto men and women separately and how that can impact mental health. Yes, yes. Um, loved it, I loved it. My next question for you is, um, what does mental health mean to you? Um, I've changed my view on it because I think in the past yeah. when I'd heard the term mental health, I'd automatically assume somebody that was mentally unhealthy. Whereas now I also look at it as, your healthier sides, like to have good mental health, I can associate it with a positive conversation also. It's not just like in the past when, whenever I'd hear meant the words mental health, I'd automatically assume people with bad mental health. Um, I just think it's something that's be, always been in my life. My mum has had bad mental health. I've seen my mom attempt suicide many times and the difficulties wow. of remembering that. I know people who've died of suicide and um, I attempted suicide when I was 16. I was really struggling with my sexuality and a family that was very traditional, very cultured, very Catholic. And I didn't know where I could speak or how I could be myself 
based on their views and it all just got ahead of me in my own head. I also think that I maybe have ADHD or something like this and this has caused me a struggle in my life. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't know, when I think about mental health, it's like it's something that's always been in my life and I kind of wish I could be free of all of my difficult thoughts, my negative thoughts, my hard thoughts, but you have to try learn to use them, don't you? You have to try learn to use them to push you to be stronger, but that's very hard. There's days when I just want to cover my head with a blanket and not get up and just eat lots of crap. And there's times yeah. I do. There's a few weeks where I won't do anything productive. I won't go to the gym. I will walk and go for runs or do long distance, like fast walking, some exercise, be active to a certain yeah. degree. I'll do swimming or whatever. But I won't be focusing on work. I won't be reaching for opportunities. I won't be like emailing like businesses and brands and TV people or the opposite, like dealing with stuff that I have people I have to get back to. Um, I, I, I'll just be eating crap. I'll be drinking, like not just going out to the club drinking. I'm talking about going to the store, buying drink, taking it home and drinking and doing all of this. Just times when I do these things yeah like every other month if i'm honest so i need to get into a lot more better routine when it comes to my mental health if i'm honest it is something i struggle with yeah and um since you you know mentioned like suicide you kind of answered my next question but i would say anybody out there that's struggling with any thoughts of suicide or suicide ideation there is um a suicide prevention um, crisis line in the U.S. You could dial nine eight eight. Do you know if y'all have one in Ireland? What if we have a statistic on suicide? No, y'all have like a, a, a crisis line. Do y'all have a crisis line number up there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I we do. We also have some for kids, and in the UK and Ireland, there's places for kids that they can call into if they need help. And um, there's the Samaritans, which is a a charity, a non-profit organization that you can call into if you need help in Ireland and the UK. So there is these places, yes. Yes. Um, since you already talked on, talked on suicide, I'll share my story a little bit. Um, when I was a child, um, I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins. So, you know, I didn't start dealing with that trauma until I got to like age 26 and stuff like that and realized like I had issues being around, being feeling comfortable around men. You know, I lost my mom 2019 to liver yeah. cancer nine months later, nine months later I lost my sister. So, you know, suicidal thoughts still live in my mind. I, it's been like a week or two since I had a suicidal thought, but yeah. uh, it's been in my mind, it's been in my head. And um, people out there that are struggling, you know, speak up to somebody, you know, talk to somebody, somebody that you trust and just remember, not everybody's going to understand suicide. Not everybody's going to understand mental health. Make sure somebody that you trust gets some help. Um, you matter. Your life matters and you are needed here. No matter what them dark thoughts yeah. are telling you, what the voices in your head is telling you, you matter and you belong here. And I just wanted to share yeah. that. It's also a case of remembering, like for somebody in your position, you, like, you haven't done anything wrong when you yeah. were the person that was hurt. You haven't done anything wrong that, like why your mom passed away all of these things so yeah. like you're already hurting already so why hurt yourself more and although it feels like it gets you out of a situation sometimes you're handing that pain to others who care about you and also you're just masking 
when really you can try to deal with situations and come to a resolution. Like a lot of things has happened in my life. There's also yeah. parts of my brain where I've done things wrong in my life. And I, I'm one of these people, like I have a big heart, but at times in my life, I haven't always made the right decisions for being a teenager into yeah. my 20s. And I do think back at those times and I'm like, they haunt me. And I'm like, like if that hurts somebody else and you know, all of those things, like it upsets me to think I done that. But yeah. I know that also you need to forgive yourself for things that you've done wrong because if you knew better, you'd have done better. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. That's true. People that have hurt me, yeah. I feel like I became a hurt person who hurt people as well. It's bizarre yeah. to explain in life as well. Like you, like it happens in relationships, and like I had a really toxic relationship, and I wasn't treated good at all. But I had to learn after that that I can't carry that on into my dating life afterwards. Yeah. Well, I felt that. Um, so uh, um, next question, let's get into reality TV. Mentally, right, I want to ask you, how was Big Brother UK for you, right? And I want to say something before you answer that question, right? So I don't even know where I could have watched that show, but I found out about you way before the challenge, right? <laughs> I see clips on, on YouTube about, I don't know how, but I saw clips on YouTube about your season of Big Brother and everything. And yeah. my, question, my question for you, how was that mentally for you? It was crazy. It was, it was a very difficult experience in like, you're locked in this house. I, I kind of explain to people now who's never been on a show like Big Brother, Love Island, you know, X on the beach to challenge these shows where you're locked in a house with people away from the real world and they're very intense. A bit like when we were going through the pandemic yeah. and you didn't really know what was going on and you were trusting these leaders who tell you what to do, but you're an adult and you're, you're used to making your own decisions, but that's taken away from you. It's sort of like that, like you're in this really intense environment, but you still feel like you you feel in this alternate world. It's a very yeah. bizarre feeling. And it is mentally challenging. If I'm honest, that is the point of it. It's like the, you wouldn't have an entertaining or educational or whatever kind of show if people yeah. were pushed of limits with their emotions and feelings and all of that. As cruel as that kind of sounds, that is kind of the point of the shows. So it's kind of yeah. like, it contradicts itself in a sense. It's difficult. When I was in there, it was the most amazing experience of my life. I met the most amazing people. I had the best time. Um, I look back with the most fondest memories. It changed my life. It helped me have experiences that I always wanted. It taught me a lot that I didn't want some of the experiences that I ended up having. Um, it brought me out of my comfort zone. It gave me a place to come out about my sexuality to my family. Yeah. It allowed me to be myself and meet other people, like-minded people. And it allowed me to have a platform to speak about my sexuality and my mental health and my ethnical background and coming from Ireland. And yeah. I got to fly the flag for Ireland because it was in the UK show. It was, a, it was a brilliant experience, but very, very, very mentally challenging very difficult oh my god it was very difficult 
So, you know, that being difficult, right? So that being difficult, you know, you went on, uh, what was the challenge? What was that? Uh, what was that challenge name? Challenge li- Spies, Lies, and Allies, you know. Yeah. You know, you went from a live live show, right? I believe that's live in the UK. Live yeah. show to a recorded show. Now, how was that mentally for you going on to challenge? To be honest, that's a very good question that you're asking me because people probably wouldn't think about that. It was difficult. Um, it was also difficult to do an American reality show because in America, with the voting prospects, it's the winners and the voting and all of this and the elimination and all of the targeted people is all just solely decided by the House. Whereas UK, Big Brother, you have a public vote also alongside the housemate vote. So there was, there was two elements. There was the element of the live show, it's recording the show, the show's going out, you know, the next night, all of the evictions being live, the winner being announced live, you leave in the house on live TV to then enter the real world. With people knowing who you are, all of that experience, to then doing the challenge, going away for a few months, filming a show, leaving the show, not being allowed to be active on social media because of fan pages, figuring out who left when, and yeah. then suddenly come back on social media, and then the show comes out three months later. It is a very weird experience because you're so outside of the headspace of the show by the time it yeah. starts airing. But whilst it's airing, you're brought back into that, and then it's airing, and you're able to watch it, and you see how the episodes look compared to everything that went on within the house. And it is weird. It's a unique experience. I prefer the Big Brother way, definitely. Yeah. I prefer how there's a public vote alongside a house vote. I think both of them elements are very necessary, in my opinion. Yes, yes. I, I'd love to ask that question. You know, you being on Big Brother, uh, you know, a live show, and then going on a recorded show, because I know sometimes a recorded show, you know, plenty of people I head on from the challenge, they say, you know, they don't see what everybody say. You got to watch it back, and, you know, you're watching what, you know, everything's going on. So I know that can be, like, you know, a little nerve-wracking. And my next question for you is, um, like, what do you say, right? You know, I know a lot of challengers, like, you know, I don't know if, you know, like how you, they watch the show back and a lot of people get like, you know, judged and stuff like that. I'm going to put some names out there. Like, you know, I don't know if you've been judged on social media. I haven't seen nothing. Maybe I wasn't looking, but I haven't seen nothing. I feel like people love you. Like people like Amber B or Jax and stuff like that. Jax recently received, received like a lot of hate, you know, for the way yeah. he was dressed. Stuff like that. What do you say to the people that's watching that's judging y'all? They don't fucking know y'all at all and they just judging y'all and stuff like that. What do you say to that? I say to those people that I respect the, pa- the fact that you're watching a show, you're entitled to have an opinion and a view. Yeah. I get all of that. I'm not criticizing you for having yeah. that. But there's a difference between having an opinion and making assumptions and statements on people who you don't know. There's a difference with having an opinion on your sh- on a show or trying to be open-minded or whatever yeah. than calling somebody every name underneath the sun and being abusive assuming you know better than them like what happened with jack is ridiculous everyone who is you know commenting and saying oh he's overdoing all of this gay shit yeah. why is he doing all of that why are you shoving gay in our face why does it define you what i find really weird is if he was a straight guy and was wearing clothing 
that is stereotypically associated with a straight man, nobody would say, why are you overdoing the straight man? Why are you shoving this straight heterosexual stuff down our throat? Why are you letting this define you? But why does then that happen the other way around? I find that crazy with, yes. um, I find it crazy with everything that does be going on um, in the world in regards to LGBTQI plus stuff. Like so many people are trying to dr ban drag shows and say these are yeah. abusive kids. And I'm like, no, I get what you mean when you're saying some of the comedy parts that have sexual jokes obviously can't be around kids, but that goes across the board in the entertainment world. Like there's music videos, there's films, there's, yeah. there's TV shows that aren't for kids. We get that, but there's kids versions. Like Nicki Minaj has a clean version of her album. Like yeah. <laughs> all versions, I get this. It should be the same with drag. What the real problem is, is that people just don't want their kids to see anything LGBTQI so that they don't have anyone they can relate to. They can suppress the real feelings of ones that are part of that community. And they just don't want them to see because they just don't want them to be gay. Well, so what I take from it is that people are kind of like, look, if my son was gay, this is the nicer ones. I'd accept yeah. him for being gay, but I prefer him not be gay and just keep him away from everything gay so he doesn't be gay. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah, you, have the people exactly. are, then you have the people on the opposite side that are just sheer abusive. Um, yeah. But they're so stupid and uneducated. But you know what? The thing is, is that there are, so a lot of them aren't uneducated. They know exactly what's going on. They're just evil people and they're not nice. Yeah. They, they're so manipulative because what they do is they reach for a narrative like, I'm looking out for kids because who in the world is not going to go, oh, I get what you mean when you're mentioning this. Like, if you're going to yeah. say, I want to look out for kids, nobody's going to tell you you're bad. So they're clever in how they go about it. It's always that excuse. And yeah. the whole thing with Jack, it's amazing to see all types of representation on a show yeah. that's associated with sports and hardcore and difficult and strength and all of that. Gay men are never seen in that way. So it's nice to see all sides of, like we can go out there and do the challenge, go against the guys, blood, sweat and tears, win, lose or draw. But then if I want to wear eyeshadow afterwards, I can. And also as a gay yeah. man, if I don't want to wear eyeshadow or fake tan, I don't feel like I need to either. I'm not being defined by it. Yeah. But if I have hobbies and interests that are stereotypically associated with gay men, that's yeah. that's just a coincidence. I haven't been conditioned. My dad was sat around in bachelor pads with photos of naked photos of Pamela Anderson on the wall, playing pool with his friends who were drinking beer. I, yeah. I never seen anything gay or LGBT ever. This is why I was so depressed. I had no yeah. one to relate to me growing up. And it's like so sad that, you know, like, you know, especially us in the community, LGBTQ plus community, like we just go through that. And then like, you know, going off the top of it, like seeing like online about like, you know, like, you know, you get judged by the people that don't know you and stuff. But then your castmates, it's feel like sometimes they judge you like Amber, you know, be getting judged about her autism and stuff like that, you know, that's just like, come on, like, we shouldn't be judging people. We should be supporting people. We should be, like, trying to be there for people and stuff like that. Whatever, gay, mental health, autism, depression, suicidal, whatever it is, you should be a lending hand and support and stuff like that. It's just sad that this world, you know, is like that, you know? It's really, really sad. For Everything that I do, she shouldn't 
um, I've had to go through. That was absolutely disgusting. Um, the, the abuse that she's had to face has just been absolutely horrible. And the cast members who have been shady in what they've been saying, um, they know exactly what they're yeah. doing. They're just, I, I just don't think it's nice at all. Yeah. Once, one moment, can I just hand somebody my keys? Do you want some keys yeah. here? Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna just talk, but um, I just feel like people that's watching a show, you know, y'all don't know these, y'all don't know these people. It's an edited show, especially the challenges that edit this show. What you watch is not the full story. What you get and stuff like that. You shouldn't judge people. You shouldn't judge them at all. You know, I know they're there for TV, entertainment, and everything, but you do not know these people. People have lives. People have feelings. People have mental health to get in check when they get off that show, and they have to watch stuff back. So, you know, be kind of people. You just never know who is fighting a battle. Just be kind of people. You never know who's fighting a battle. Just be kind people. Be kind listeners, viewers. Be kind of people. <laughs> yeah, everybody should always be kind to people, always yeah. in life because, like, to me, um, like, life can be difficult enough, but, like, Amber with all of her... Um, struggles and everything she's done it's just been amazing to speak out and I've really related to her and it's so bizarre because the people that have been nice to her personality within the house and on social media all was said it was because of her behavior and it was like she would compliment lots of people and she would be this way and that way and when you think of it now it was so obvious she had something like autism because she was very emotional and she was accused of being that way for you know, alliances and to get people to feel sorry for her when really these were the traits of her condition. So you never know. You shouldn't be so quick to judge. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, my next question for you, what are some good coping skills you can recommend to someone that's struggling with their mental health? Find something you like doing. Yeah. Stay away from negative people. Um, don't be too hard on yourself if you're having a difficult day look and you just want to eat pizza eat pizza and watch TV just because you were on a diet and you were going to the gym get back up tomorrow and start again like, like we're all going to be dead one day you can't just live your whole life worrying about everything but at the same time you have to also have the mindset of like you have to try and you have to progress and you have to live a happy life and put good stuff in uh, good stuff into your body and like try to live a nice life as well <laughs> you had to lay in yeah. bed all day one day you're going to die you have to have a balance um have nice friends and remember you don't need lots of friends for people out there that thinks like oh i don't have lots of friends and a big family or whatever that doesn't matter you just need like one or two people you can have a dog that's like loyal to you you can have a nice partner or you can have one friend you can have good work colleagues and like just focus on that. Like and just try go out and have fun, dance in the rain, listen to music. Yeah, write your feelings right. down. I find writing my feelings down in the journal very helpful. Yeah. And yes, guys, um, and everybody listening, you know, coping skills are different for everybody. You know, what he mentioned may not work for you, but you know, it may work for somebody. I just want to always yeah. try to put that out there in the show. And my next question for you and um, I want to ask you, like, what can you tell someone that is struggling? Why is it important that they put their mental health first? Oh, it's, it's everything. As they say, your health is your wealth. Like, I even say to parents and partners, 
you sometimes need to put yourself first because you can't be a good parent or be a good partner if you're not being good with it to you ever as well. Like you need to figure out what's going on in your head in order to be good for other people as also like you there's no point in you covering up your feelings with a smile but you're dragging your life every day like you need to put your mental health in it like your your mind can be a cage it can be a prison like you need to free yourself from that to live life like I've seen periods where I've struggled with my mental health and I can't even remember them periods. It's so bar- bizarre to explain. They're like blackout periods. On some of the shows I've done, where I've been really struggling and really frustrated in certain scenarios, I don't even remember some of these. Have you ever heard a person say like, I, I was in an argument and I, bar- I barely remember the argument because you were so blacked out, your emotions yeah, were so- Yeah, yeah. That can happen, but that can happen to periods in your life. So I think, you really need to put your mental health first and just don't be too hard on yourself. Try to get up, try, have a balance, make an effort, but don't, uh, don't torture yourself. Like just get out there, go for a walk, speak to somebody. Like even now that I'm talking to you, I actually feel a lot better that we're, that I'm having this conversation with you right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and next and last question, like, I want to ask you, like, what's next for you? What's, what do you have going on next? What's, what's next for you? So I'm 28, okay, and I'm a young man. And especially, I feel like in America, your perception of age is different to Ireland. In Ireland, I feel like we view 28 a lot older than Americans would. Um, <laughs> definitely, oh, my God, definitely. Um, but I feel like I'm getting to a stage where I've done a lot of things in TV I've wanted to do. There's also been some opportunities that have come up, but it didn't work out. And that's okay also in life, you know? That's that's one thing also with mental health. Like, these things happen. You have to fail to succeed. Like, tell people this also. Yeah. You're not a failure because things happen. They're just lessons, right? Um, yeah. Next in working careers, continue having that mindset. You know, just keep reaching out to people I'd like to work with accepting work offers to come my way, filtering through offers and work as well. If I want to build, like if I want to be seen in a certain way or as a brand, not just taking any TV work because I think it will help me. Remembering, um, you know, down the line where I'd like to end up. I would like to probably, I think by the time I'm 30, 32 if I continue in the mindset I'm in now I might have finished up with reality television because I've got to a stage where I'm kind of getting a little bit bored of it I'm kind of bored I'm kind of wanting something more consistent I've had a lot of great experiences but I'm not quite I'm 80% there Um, I'd like to maybe do something like X on the Beach maybe do a few fun shows Um, I'd like to have my own podcast um I'd love to create a brand. I'd love to create like a fake tan brand or like maybe like an underwear brand for gay men or something like that. Like I'd like to do stuff in the realms of things that I enjoy. I also do like OnlyFans. So I do content for there. Um, I have been approached by websites that are more adult based if I'd like to do content with them. But one of my issues with doing content like that in the more mainstream yeah. society is 
it's on Google forever and I don't want it to affect other work of my life and like just stuff like that. Although I'm very open-minded and an exhibitionist. Um, yeah. I'd like to, um, I'd like to travel away from work and all. I'd like to travel, visit some countries. I don't blog, take photos, do all of this. I, I have lots of plans and I really need to get out there and just start doing it all again. Yes, yes, yes. I love it, love it. Um, I do want to play a game, right, real quick. It's going to be a quick game, right? Um, I'm going to say some names, right? Come on. It's going to be, you ever heard of Mary Fuck and Kill? Yeah, so we have Snug, Mary, Avoid. Snub, Snub, Mary, and what else? Abide. So... I like Mary Fuck Kill. That's better. That's okay. okay. That's very Let's quickly. I'm gonna name some people from the challenge. You may know, mm. you may not know. So I'm gonna name a name. You just tell me which one. Um, because I want to end this off on a like real fun note. Um, let me think of some names. Um, Jordan. Oh, I'm fuck Jordan. Yeah, I, I've heard through the grapevine. He's got a very nice penis. <laughs> Okay, sure, it is fine. Um, Holly, California. Um, I've never met him. I've, I haven't met Jordan either, but um, Holly's quite handsome, and I feel like he, is he a bit of a bad boy? Yes, that's my that's my friend. He definitely. Is. <laughs> Do you know him? Have you met him before? Yeah, we have, he came to Philly. I'm from Philadelphia. He came to Philly and hung out with me and stuff. Yeah, he's cool people. <laughs> but yeah. I, he's, he's he's still like a brother, but I still will. Yeah, yeah. Is he um? Is he tall? Not taller than me. No, <laughs> no. What are you? What height are you? Six one. He's not taller. Yeah, I'm like about your height. Six. Oh, I'm yeah. a little bit shorter. I'm like, I'm like six feet and like half an inch. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, next name bananas. Oh, he's. I want to marry. He's like. First of all, he's a millionaire. He seems really fun. <laughs> He's older, so I, hopefully he'd be a bit more mature and smart. And he's handsome, and he dresses nice, and he's funny. I was on his podcast, and he's hilarious. I feel yeah. like if if I'd come back to Ride or Dies, which I was approached for, but it didn't end up working out, I would have really got along with Bananas in the house, definitely. Okay, next name on the list is CT. I know my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would marry him because he he's yeah, we wouldn't I don't know if we'd buy, but he's he's quite hot. Yeah. Yeah, he's hot. I'd I'd, I'd yeah, I'd have sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> hey man at the answer, not mad at the answer. Uh, definitely not mad at the answer. Um Wes. Yeah. Oh, oh. Is that really? I don't really have a type, but if I did, he'd fall outside it. But um, I hear he's got a really good personality. He's not ugly, he's good looking. Yeah. Quite, quite aggressive. Maybe he would, I don't know, drag you around. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, we could have some sexy time. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, Fessy. Oh. I would fuck him, definitely. <laughs> Woo! Corey. 
Wharton. Corey Wharton. Corey Wharton. Is, he is the baby daddy. He's beautiful. <laughs> I'm marrying Corey if I can. He definitely is the baby daddy. <laughs> he definitely is. Corey Lay. Yeah, but he's a gay man, so I can't answer this okay, question. Okay, okay. You know what? Let's let's just yeah. Nam. I think Nam is fine. Yeah, but I didn't really like his personality. He was nice. Uh-huh. But- <laughs> you know, you was there, so I would go. I'm go by. Um, about- he and the Camino says something about Nam. There is a God above telling Nam to not do the challenge. He has come, I think, to four series and been DQ'd or had to leave at the beginning. He yeah. he really needs to stay away from the show. It is it's crazy to keep bringing him back as well because when he's done filming. He's not been a big personality for the like one episode he's been there. Yeah. And he has never and he's never won anything either. Yeah. It seems yeah. I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um the next name, Kyle. Kyle. If it, Kyle's gorgeous, but he's got such a good personality. So we 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 marry Kyle. We marry Kyle of today. We don't marry Kyle of seven, eight years ago, the Jordy Shore time. <laughs> okay. we, we can have a bit of that, but don't fuck all our friends. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I definitely... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, two more names. Nelson. Nelson's really handsome. I feel like a desperate whore. I'm answering Listen. to all of you. But they're all handsome guys. Do you know what I mean? I haven't yeah. really got a type. So, I don't know. I, I don't want to marry Nelson, but we can have some other things. <laughs> we, have some other we, can, we, can, we can lay some rose petals on the bed. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that. I love that. And one more name I want to say Devin. He was on your best season with you. Um, see, I want to say Devin's a marrying type, but. I think me and Devin might clash in a relationship because I feel like Devin Devin might be quite selfish but makes it look like he's not. But you can handle it. I know you can. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> and he's apparently got a big penis and I can handle that also. Oh. <laughs> thank you for coming on. I just want to say thank you for coming on talking mental health. This was actually a fun way to an episode, you know. That was dope. That was real fun to end it. It was. I'm glad I could make it fun. And thank you ever so much for asking me. Have we got each other on Instagram? Um, I'll say you. I'll text you my Instagram, my podcast page, and my regular page. I definitely will text you. Send me everything, and then I can share all of this, and you can let me know when you're going to bring it out. All of that, okay? Okay.